You are now tuned in to Dubstep FBI. What is up, Headbangers? I am your co-host, Yessi, and I got my girl, Chrissy, on their other line over here. Today, we have detained a very special guest, Wales. What is up? Hello. Hello. Nice to be here. Nice to meet you. Where are you tuning in from right now? Uh, from Israel, from my very hometown, Ashdod. Okay. Sweet. Nice to have you. I- I've watched the... Uh, I-, I Always before I have any interviews and stuff, I always check wherever you know I, I checked your stuff i checked the one with uh with uh Ma, like maroda yeah i tried to like i know him since he was 12 or like 11 he's, he's the, yeah like uh, me, me and me and him know each other since way back i think 2013 or 14 like minimum 14 uh he was going by elephant man and i was still going by sex world it was before both of us blew up i think i had like three thousand followers on soundcloud he had like 500 followers on soundcloud and uh yeah everyone was we were very young like very young very very young you still are uh, very young (laughs) i'm 21 i'm not that bad like Making us cool. Feel old. Like, yeah, I, we're old now. <laughs> definitely, like when I started doing music, I was like eight years old, and uh, I, I started touring internationally when I was fifteen. So I had such wow. a crazy, I, I had such a crazy decade that for me, I'm like, I'm not young. <laughs> I'm anything but young. I lived in by my own in in so many countries. I toured in so many countries. I did all these things in such a young young age. So I don't consider myself young but i do think they're like we're all young there is never time is 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 not like real in my opinion i will never stop myself from doing something because i don't have the time for that uh i value my time because i'm i'm a busy person i have a lot of work to do i have a lot of plans to do but i will never be like i'm young i'm old i don't mm-hmm. think anyone can do can do anything and time is not something that can stop you from doing anything you said that you're like older, but I don't think that if you would be younger, your show, your like podcast will be less successful. Right. You know? Yeah. I feel, I feel that a lot of people, when I, when I do lecture, lectures, uh, I used to be a teacher in a college and I used to do, I, I did a couple of uh, lectures in some universities in Israel. And every time I do one, there is the older side of people like 40, 50, even 60 sometimes that are just passionate about music. And they come there and they're like, of course you made it. You're like, you know, 18, 19, 16. It's very easy. You had all this time. But, you know, when people know me and my story, for me, it was it was like a clock ticking because I was very ill after Reds and I was like in life danger and my mom lost everything. She had cancers and it was me getting a job or doing something with my life because I, I left school. I didn't go for the army. I was like 100% ill and disabled. And it was like, cool. So there is only music that I can do. There is nothing else uh, mm-hmm. for my life. And if I'm not going to succeed, it's, I'm, I'm probably going to be like me and my family is going to be fucked. Yeah. It's but, life or death almost. Yeah. So hope, well, luckily uh, it succeeded. Not that I ever had an intention of doing career. I just had fun, mm-hmm. but it did succeed. And I've been supporting my mom for like, see uh four years already like five years since you know the cancer and stuff and i'm uh, very lucky to do that you know yeah not a lot of people can say that that's really admirable and amazing that you've been able to support your mom Mm -hmm. yeah but that's what i mean like when people say you're young i've been supporting your family for like (laughs) almost five years you know i have so many responsibilities i have a business i have accounters i have lawyers Mm -hmm. i have all that stuff like it's it's my age is pretty young but yeah. my experience and what i've went through and you know my story and everything i've had in life it's not young i was pressured into adults life when i was very little and mm-hmm. like i just don't feel young i feel like i feel like we all always feel that feeling that we went through everything and nothing is gonna surprise us and it's just life and we always feel like life is is like we've rented 
everything. Maybe it's just me because I've had like one year in my life. It's like five years in anybody's life because I go like there's so many ups and downs and places and flights and shows and everything just happens so fast. Like this year, last year was the first year that I had like time and I felt the time moving and it was not just like pure pressure. It was a great year, even though everyone, for a lot of people, it was a very bad year. And like, yeah, for sure. I had my first serious tour canceled and I had like 40 shows, 30 shows canceled and a lot of plans went wrong, but I feel great. And mm -hmm. I felt, I felt pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when COVID started, I, I felt pretty bad. I, like not because of COVID before COVID. I had a couple of like, I had a very bad, healthy year. Oh, my dog died. I moved to the States, lots of pressure, goes on tour, mm -hmm. zero time to myself, try to kind of put everything aside and just focus music. But at the end of the day, uh, I was whales more than I was myself. And I was overworking. Uh, it's an addiction. I still have it. Yeah. It's just like, always got to do something. I, I cannot rest. I cannot sit there and watch a TV show. I need to always do something. And it's great for, you know, for the career, but for me, it was pretty bad. That's what we've heard from a lot of artists too. Like they're gr kind of grateful that they've gotten to just chill for the last year because their mental health was not a priority, you know, with all these tours. I'm, I'm never like, I'm never going to go back to the place that I was at. I'm, I'm always going to stay this way, even when touring is going to back. And I, I actually, um, I can't say what, but. I did get uh, booked for my biggest show ever. It's a festival. Um, yeah. And Ooh, can it, you say it, when? I don't know where, it's, what country? <laughs> it, it, it's in the States and it's this year. Uh, you might be there. Uh, Lost Lands oh. maybe? I, I don't know. Like, I, I can't say anything yet about it. Like for real. I just, mm -hmm. this year might have some surprises, but uh, even when touring is back and I'm going to, you know, fly out and play some shows and play the festivals and stuff and all that stuff, I'm never going to have the same mindset I've had because when I started touring, for me, it was like, oh my God, I live in this small country and mm -hmm. I am able to see the world and see everything and enjoy life. And for me, it was like fun. It was tourism. You know, like when someone plays in Chicago, it's like, yeah, I've been there. And I'm like, I've never, <laughs> I, I've been there once. I want to go see stuff. I want to go to yeah. this like giant metal thing. I want to go eat some deep dish pizza. I want to, I want to have fun. You know, this is, this is my time to live life. But, you know, with COVID, it was just me living in the States, not even doing anything and being surrounded by everyone around me were so depressed and everything was so hard. Yeah, and it just lets you, it brings you down. Yeah, it brings you down because me as a musician, uh, for most of my career, you know, like shows never been the main thing I do. I've been more producer than a DJ, and as well as my income, you know, like didn't really get affected by COVID like at all. Um, so watching all my friends struggle that much. And me not being in the, in the same page with them and struggling, like, thank, thanks God, right? Like, mm -hmm. I'm very happy, but uh, I mean, obviously, it did struggle, right? <laughs> like, yeah. everyone did. But compared to people that lost everything, like, just stopped and, and they had to figure out what's going on with them and their lives and their, and their homes and their families, um, watching everyone just break apart, it was a very hard time. Like, I, in that time, I moved back to Israel, I switched managements, like, a lot of things happened and it's, it's like, you know, I never blame anyone. Just a lot of people went through something that it, it was unexpected. Mm -hmm. It was very unexpected. And some people like me took it to a good place to go. And some people just went down and, you know, just crushed down. Yeah. That's the difference between you and other producers who mm -hmm. it's all about the mindset, no matter what state we're in, it's all about what you're going to do to make the best of it. Yeah, when, when COVID started, I was still in, a, in California and we did this like bedroom session thing. And we, uh, it was like a live stream kind of a series. Oh, with Hi, I'm Ghost? Yeah, yeah. So like we got virtual art in there and, and uh, Mode Stamp and Mo Kismet and Pixel Terror and Pandas. Like we, every week we're like a big goat, uh, guest. And uh, sadly it stopped when I moved back to Israel because, you know, it mm -hmm. was hard to like maintain that. 
But even when COVID started, like, you know, we, I wasn't sitting there and be like, oh, you know, shit happens. Like, let's just wait until it's back. I was like, no, there is fans that bought tickets to see us and me playing shows. So I'm going to make it up for them. Even if it means I'm going to do like live streams every week for like two months, I'm still going to make it up for them. I'm going to play sets. I'm going to bring them guests. I'm going to make them the best. It was all for free, obviously. Mm -hmm. Nobody... We didn't ask for like any entry ticket money or anything like that. But yeah, when COVID started, I signed opportunity because in life, you eat or you get eaten by something, Mm -hmm. you know? Music is a crucial part of my life. It's a crucial part of my core. It's my destruction, what helps with my illness and my pain. And just in general, like, I, I like it. I enjoy it. Anyone that knows me, anyone that ever been in a studio with me, it doesn't matter how you know how big stuff can be. Whenever mm-hmm. I see them make music, I'm excited like a little girl. I can just be so. I, I nothing makes me feel what music can make me feel. And uh, I just told myself when when COVID started, I was in a very bad place, and I was like, well, no matter what happens, music is still here. You know, like. Even if, I, even if career is done, even if touring is done, even if dubstep's down, done, even if it's going to last for years and years and years and everything's going to change, I got music. And with it, I will try to survive. And I don't want to like, you know, COVID during like the last year been my biggest year. Like I've got the biggest. Yeah, you've been putting out music so much. Oh, that's not like, that's not even like, I, well, the music I put is like, three percent of what i've made there is hundreds of tracks you're sitting on so many ids hundreds of them yeah not ids finished songs like ready to go and they're gonna come out like this year it's gonna be pretty crazy um i'm pretty pretty sure there is like if i'm not mistaken by the end of the year i should release around 30 more songs holy cow yeah and that's like like minimum yeah 30 well uh, you have an album coming up with 13 songs right yeah the album is like 13 songs it's nothing i wanted to put like 40 50 there wow uh, that would have been insane uh, literally i've made i did something like that uh, one day i just woke up and i was like i have all these demos and like kind of songs i've never released uh i just want to put them away because they're good but not too good to be like singles and i just like made this album called it's not really an album, say, compilation called Music I Never Had the Chance to Release. And I just put it out. It's like 33 tracks. It's one day, 30, 33 tracks. Yeah. And it's like everything. It's like house and dubstep and trap and hip hop and whatever, like lo-fi. See, that's, that's what's so cool about EDM is that I love seeing producers go to different subgenres and like maybe yeah. someone who normally makes dubstep is going to start making bass house or D&B like I'm all for that because it means we get a new spin on D&B you know so that's oh, super sure. cool I mean, it's like I never put myself in the category of like dubstep whales you know mm-hmm. it's always been music and my biggest songs the ones with like hundreds of millions of streams are all like pop EDM and melodic EDM and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love when I play shows, dubstep is like my favorite. Yeah. I love the energy. I love the groove, the flow, the heavy bass. It's like my favorite. But even though like with COVID, it's, it's I feel like I've kind of created my own space of, of music and my own, like my, my sound signature during the last year went in like insanely like how can i describe it it just it's mine Mm -hmm. i feel like it's mine uh before covid i felt like a lot of my sounds were unique right it's i I, it's not that i stole or copied them but i could not listen to my music and be like yeah this is something nobody's doing right now it's like just me everyone have been doing this rhythmic sound you know like the tear out dubstep sound and with covid i was like okay i'm gonna take a break like a little break from dubstep uh whatever however it takes even if it's like a year i'm gonna take a break uh because i'm not gonna sit here and try to make the same thing over and over and over again with a different name right so i took a break and i made melodic music and pop and edm and you know like it 
it, everything that everything that came out of this is amazing because I've met so many vocalists and I've learned to work more in a pop standard uh, kind of sound and really it opened my mind to so many things. And then when I came back and tapped back into dubstep, uh, my sound was so unique that I was managed to, you know, get some real big collabs and, you know, so sign some really big tracks and achieve stuff that I will not achieve a year ago because mm -hmm. I took the time to, you know, if I pitch a demo to a big artist, it's going to be like, yes, this is something new. It's different. And I would not get it by myself or by someone else. So let's walk with Wales. And um, I'm pretty proud of it, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Uh, you should be. Mm -hmm. it's, it's been a crazy year for sure. Musically, like, I feel like I'm pretty convinced that since a year ago, exactly, I've made more than 400 songs. What? 400? Did everyone hear that? What? Oh, man. <laughs> You've been cranking. A, it's just my speed. I've always, like, actually, people get sometimes get very mad when I speak about, like, my how fast they work it's like oh you're just trying to like you know quantity and over quality blah 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 and i'm like no it's just like when i walk with music i'm excited when i'm excited it's like when i when someone is young and he you know play this new game right you know when you binge a, a tv show right you start to see the first episode and you're so curious you just sit there and finish the whole season in, in, yeah. in a day like right? a waterfall <laughs> That, that's a song for me. Like when I start something, I'm so excited. I'm so curious to see how can it, you know, come out and I just walk on that, walk on that, walk on that. And it's been a day and I'm done. I never, I never sit there and, and overthink music. Music is fun. I don't want to, if I'm going to overthink my music, my fans and my supporters mm -hmm. and the listeners will overthink it too. I need them to enjoy it as much as I do. Um, and obviously keep the quality high. That's why out of the, 400 tracks they've made i'm only going to release 30 because there's the quality control effect in here and i'm lucky enough to have a team that that helps me to like yeah you know this track is great but it's it's you know you have better mm -hmm. and it's just about like I, I it's the mindset of not every track i make need to be released not every track i made need to be my biggest track uh i'm just having fun with music and whatever is best is going to release yeah. Well, and the beauty of it is that you're doing it for yourself. And like you said, music is going to be the, the constant in your life, whether you're touring, whether you're stuck at home, whether yeah. you're, you know, not on the it's road always, or not, it's always it's there. Always, and that's the beauty. And it's, and it's always been music. Like that's the thing I've, I've never had life without this, you know, like I've never had life without anything I, since I was eight, I was, I started to make electronic music. So eight years old a young prodigy wow <laughs> and uh it's it's funny because like i don't remember much stuff from my life before i was making music like most of my memory is built on you know when i was eight i started to release uh, to make music when i was 10 11 i started to release my music when i was 12 12 i played my first show and since 12 then, years like, old where was your first show uh, in Jerusalem, in Israel, it was a uh, it was a funny story because I was making music, like uh, producing music, and my music was great. Uh, I'm not gonna like, you know, bring myself <laughs> up, but I was like 12 years old, four years into making music, so my level was not that bad. And I just messaged this like promoter in a on Facebook, like we had a one line in dubstep that does uh, in Israel that does dubstep and trap and that like bass in music. And I was like, hey, I'm 12. Uh, here's my music. Uh, if you would ever be, be able to give me a chance to like, you know, play one of your parties, that will be great. As, as weird as that, as direct and cliche as that, um, he was like, he checked the link. And he was like, honestly, I was not going to check the to. I'm not like, I get so many of these messages. I'm never checking them. But I just checked the link. Wait a minute. Are you 12? And you made this track? And I'm like, yeah, I completely made his track. I'm 12 uh, years old. I'm like, no, I'm like in, in like seventh grade or like sixth grade for sure. And he was like, okay, let me see what I can do. And I played my first show. I have the poster, I have pictures, videos, everything. I was the last to play. Uh, I think that the, the club that night, we had like a thousand people in there. It was pretty big. Holy it cow. Wow. But 
but I obviously played like in 5 a.m. So I had like, I, I guess like 100 people, 200 people. Mm-hmm. But imagine going from like a kid with Tourette's, super like unconnected to, to the world, uh, no friends, bullied. Like, you know, I was like completely going by myself. You know, when someone starts making music, usually when he's young, he has these friends that are supporting him and all that. It was just mm-hmm. me and me and me and me for years. Uh, I was just music making music for me. So yeah, he gave me this chance and I played and I always looked very mature. So nobody really noticed. It was like 16 plus uh, event. Nobody really noticed I was 12, which is funny. <laughs> like I looked older than some other DJs in that show. I was we need to see like, pictures of this. Yeah, did you have <laughs> facial hair back then too? Uh, no, but I, I did like started to grow my facial hair at like 16, I think. So I, I had the facial hair in 16, but I was like very, I lost 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. So I was like very, very, very big. So my face was like this. So you could not really see the, the facial hair. But when I lost weight, like when I lost, started to, to lose weight, my face got smaller and you could actually see facial hair. So people like were always like, oh, you're like, se- you're like 17 with facial hair. And I was like, I've been having it for two years. I was just too fat for anyone to notice that. Um, Wait, so but, what was your alias? Sex Wells. Always you, from so, the beginning? From the beginning, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. The first show was uh, still Sex Wells. Uh, but before the Sex Wells, I used to go just by Tal Rochman, my name. And I've released, uh, I've released quite a lot of music, at, at least like 50, 60 tracks. But back in time, there was no like, from like the age 11 to 12, I did that. And there was no, I mean, maybe Spotify was a thing, but I was not aware. Mm-hmm. To, for me to release music was putting it on SoundCloud and YouTube and just having it there. Nobody like, maybe every video had like a thousand, two thousand views, but it, it, that was like the maximum. And it wasn't dubstep, it was like, house and electro kind of dirty dodge like afrojack days and yes. all that 2010 club music oh whatever. yeah electro all house stuff. yeah yep yep all that kind of stuff and uh the, the story of wales like why i did the switch is because like i've realized that dubstep is very hard to make <laughs> it's harder to make than than like house it's harder to make than trance because the sound design back in time and still today it's very complicated. It's not like just one note or like one oscillator. You need to put tons of effects, tons of manipulations, tons of LFOs. It's it's a big deal. And back in time, there was like YouTube was a thing. But in 2011, if you would search how to make dubstep, you would see one how to be Skrillex tutorial and Mm -hmm. you could not even understand anything. (laughs) So I was like, maybe if I changed my name and dedicated myself to make trap and dubstep, maybe, maybe uh, I'm gonna finally make dubstep. And that, that happened. Like I changed the sex wells. I still didn't know much how to make dubstep, but I put in my SoundCloud bio dubstep and trap. So mm-hmm. I was like, I kind of like played myself like- You oh, had to now, conform. Yeah. Now, like, everyone that's going to your profile is going to see that you're making dubstep and they're going to, like, follow you and you're going to mm-hmm. disappoint them with some house. Now, nah, you need to learn how to make dubstep. It's just and a that, troll move on your part. And that, that like, that, that actually worked, you know? Like, uh, that's why, like, everyone's like, oh, you know, why you change your name from Sex Wells to Wales? Because when I started Sex Wells, that was a troll move. I didn't know what that meant. So I was 12, mm-hmm. you know, like, 12, 13 sex is funny because you know like i'm a kid and whales is an animal i've looked for something i can market myself off like like any figure like part like i was I, i'm a graphic designer i'm doing video so i like in my head already had like you know marketing mm-hmm. so i was like well animals are always good for like marketing yeah i can use the whale exactly. picture in anything they do and put like a whale in everything i do so sex wells what a great name <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> love to definitely, see it. definitely not something i would expect to get billion streams online huh Oops. yeah seriously yeah, no. yeah but that was like how it happened i just made the name start to make dubstep and uh first they made a couple of tracks nothing really happened they sent i was like emailing all these youtube channels back in time 2013 mm-hmm. That like you know they have like 10k subscribers. They uploaded me. I got the 2,000 yeah. views. Like Maybe Cloud Kid. Uh, no, I don't know if it was a thing, but all these like 
very random channels with some anime pictures and mm-hmm. you know even before dubstep got her even like stuff that was very very early when ncs and trap nation were very small like everything was so mm-hmm. small and uh, i just emailed everyone i know and also like um i think the moment that stuff got a little serious is when there was this thing called dubstep.net if you remember um and that was like uh, the soundcloud dubstep main place to hear dubstep every mm-hmm. track they would get a lot of exposure i think it was by idiom.com or something I'm, I'm not i'm not sure but uh yeah, that was like know. the main the main source to get dubstep was dubstep.net like that was their .net. deal that's such like an old uh, tag on the URL. yeah 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 <laughs> .net. <laughs> so basically um there was that thing and I was like, I gotta be in the channel. I, and I've emailed them time after time after time. And I got rejected each time. And then one day they said yes. <laughs> and uh, I got that exposure. It was my track, uh, Slipping in Class. Uh, I sampled like Freddy Krueger or something, something scary. Back in time, if you remember, uh, sampling movies was a big thing. You mm-hmm. would sample a lot of movies and, you know, like mm-hmm. scary movies and just all TV shows and all that stuff. So I had a track in the channel and that kind of exposed me to a little bit of the scene. I was still very young. I think I was like 14 at the time. And from that track, it was easier to get on more channels because, you know, like I've been in this channel. So if someone searched for my name, gonna they're going to see that thing. And it's going to be like, okay, he, he's not that small. We can put it in, in our channel. So slowly started to get another upload, another upload, another upload. And like the track, like overall got like 100,000 views. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's, that's like 14, 14, 14 uh, on SoundCloud. I was like, <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe it's starting to grow. After a couple of years with no much of like, nothing really happened. So I was like stuck. And I was reaching out to artists that I liked. And I was like, hey, I got this song, you know, like it got like 100,000 in a K. Maybe uh, we can collab. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, if you know the artist Ehide, he's been big, mm-hmm. very big like that yeah. time. There's been this like, my favorite squad was like Ehide, Spaghetti, and uh, Panda Eyes. And like, I hit up Ehide and I'm like, hey, I'm your fan. I want to walk with you. And he said, like, yes, for sure. Let's make something. And we've made a collab. And I think since that that collab, it kind of opened my door because he was very big at the time. He was like in the internet, SoundCloud, mm-hmm. YouTube kind of area. He was a pioneer. Him, Spaghetti, Panda mm-hmm. is like all the internet dubstep, the young teenager dubstep, not the festival dubstep, but that was pretty big. Yeah. So yeah. From there, I got more uploads, more opportunities. And then one day I released a track and I had a little foundation of a few fans, maybe a couple thousand of followers on, on SoundCloud and, and uh, Facebook was big back then, like very big. That was like the Instagram, TikTok of today, it was Facebook. So yeah, I, I made a track and I didn't mean it to be that way, but it had like a SpongeBob vocal. And I didn't think of how viral it can get. I didn't think about like, it's a TV show. It's a big TV show. Even people that are not dubstep can enjoy it because it's like, you know, it's like viral. Mm -hmm. So uh, without really knowing, I had my first track to get a million views. I was 14 years old. I was shocked. (laughs) I was like, what the hell is going on? Why is this track is like number two on SoundCloud? all over charts Mm -hmm. under Skrillex like why is it happening you know like why is my track so high there and with that fall by I got my first uh, show offer in Paris Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I played in France I was like 15 years old uh who played there like Ehide played there Dijasta played there, Midnight T played there, Squanto played there. Yeah, I think it was before. Oh, it was like two, like 3,000 people, if, I think, mm-hmm. like two big stages. It was pretty serious. Like, I was pretty surprised I played there. Yeah. They were like the biggest dubstep company in, in like France back in time. Um, 
shout out Dragon Base. So I played that show. It was pretty shocking. And since that point, like my life kind of changed because I kept releasing more and more and more music and working with more and more and more artists. And then it just, it caused me to have these big foundation of supporters and listeners. And around the end of 2015, I've uh, quit school. I didn't quit school. Uh, my Tourette was uh, very bad. So I got uh, this letter that frees me from school technically because it's illegal to leave school before like 16 and I was 15. But still, they it's a letter that if you're in life danger, you get it. And I was in love in life danger. I was like completely disabled. I could not eat by myself. Was difficult to shower by myself. Uh, I had these sticks and tweaks like all day long. I could not sleep. I was like super overweight because I could not move. Shit was bad. Well, and, and I think uh, the important part leading up to that is going back to when you were pitching your song out and you kept getting rejected. You kept getting all these no's and then you got that one yes. And like from, from what you just said, that literally was the snowball that started your entire career. So yeah, your, your like, persistence is what really mattered. But I think that at the end of the day, like, I think what mattered is that I never tried, you know? I was sending these, like, so I'll be honest, I was not like 100%, you know? I was very uh, weird and my mind was very uh, weird. And living with what I lived back then and even now, it was very hard for me to understand reality. So my reason to get on the channel was not even because I wanted to be known or wanted to, the song to succeed. I just wanted to see my song in that channel. I didn't even know it's going to lead to any success. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand that it can even snowball. I've never imagined to have a career. If someone asked me what you're going to do when you're adult, I was like, I don't know. I, I didn't know that it was music. I, mm -hmm. I had no idea it's going to happen. You were doing and, it for uh, yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just yeah, I just had fun. Again, it was a game. It was it's it's still now it's not a game. It's a freaking business, but uh, <laughs> it was a game. And still to this day, I treat it like when I seek to make music, I don't want to think about money or shows. I want to think about anything about oh, my fans gonna like that. I'm gonna play this show. Is this song's gonna be big and make money? Like I just want to sit there, make something cool, enjoy myself. And hope that whoever listened to that is going to enjoy himself too when they hear that song. Like music makes me feel stuff that nothing else can do. Mm -hmm. uh, not even my music, but just music in general. So when people listen to my music, I hope, I really hope they can feel the same about my music. Like I can feel about music in general. And uh, at the end of the day, we all can agree that music saved our butts so many times from doing really bad stuff and uh i feel like anyone that's connected to music to a very deep state like us that's actually investing in music and trying to do a career out of it or has a passion for music we all have this mutual feeling to music we believe in 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 what it has to give us we believe in how powerful music is i feel that music is powerful as medicine as like mm -hmm. you know as, as surgeries i feel that music is so powerful and it, it changed people's life and they don't have to be musicians but the amount of times i had fans that died fans that were you know almost died fans that were in prison and sent me like told their prisoners to send me messages on like facebook you know like it's there is so many stories so many people i've met uh, in digital world and the actual in real life world and at the end of the day, I do it for the people. I feel like uh, my mission in this world is to make sure that, I know there's a lot of musicians, but just in case, I want to make sure I make music so people can have a place to escape, mm -hmm. so people can have a place to feel better and just have a, a, a few, a good couple of minutes, you know, because life can be so hard sometimes for all of us. And uh, when people go for shows, maybe they're not necessarily like fans of this music. You know, a lot of times people go to a show because they have friends that go to a show. And if someone that doesn't know me, doesn't know my music, doesn't know anything about EDM, go to his first show, he sees me and I make him feel something mm -hmm. that he hasn't felt in a while. And I make him feel good. And I, you know, I transfer him this vibe and then he goes home, check my music, listen to it and 
it's kind of a routine to feel a little better, have this good memory, and it, it helps him to get over and his struggle. That's why I do it, because I know my story and my music and my impact has value for so many people, mm-hmm. even though I feel yeah. like a, I feel like a complete normal person. I live a normal life. Uh, I just like live with my girl. I love my family. I love puppies. And, you know, like I love mm-hmm. music. I, I love memes. I, I'm just a normal person. Mm-hmm. And the coolest part is that you've been able to reach people in different countries. Like you've probably reached people oh, in yeah. every single country oh. through your music. Yeah. yeah. And it's crazy because like, I'm gonna be honest, uh, everyone always asks me like, did you, when I do Israel interviews, like, did you always, did you try to direct to, to outside of Israel? No, I just made music and like my, my country doesn't have a big scene for, for EDM in general. Obviously now I, I have fans and I've had press and I've worked with big artists in my country, but I never had a focus. Like I want to say, do you focus on the US? Do you focus on, on, on Europe? Do you focus on like, you know, this and this? And I'm like, I don't focus on, on anywhere. Uh, like I, I worked with the biggest art uh, DJ in India because I just thought it would oh, be wow. freaking cool to work with something in a country like India. Mm-hmm. And I've played in China because I got the opportunity and I have been fans in China. Yeah, and what I've was it like fans. playing in China? Very different than anything else uh, I've ever had. <laughs> That's for sure. They have their own ecosystem and their own way to react to, to dubstep first. And then <laughs> they have their own like, it, it's more like a movie scene than, than real life. Like I had like 15 guards, red carpet, uh, wow these, total like, vip fans. experience <laughs> yeah these fans holding these like fire stuff and there is like a huge picture of me that's like bigger than my room and my building just huge picture of me and i get to this venue and there is like pictures of me everywhere and the elevator has a picture of me you're like a king over there china no china very uh they respect uh international acts a lot i think that's amazing um and they have their own like medias and like platforms to showcase music like they have their own apps for that they have their own social medias for that like i've checked i was like when i came to the channel i i asked the tour manager straight like listen i want to be honest like you guys don't have like youtube or soundcloud on like spotify how the heck like i'm playing in china and like how how and he explained that they have their own social medias he showed me my page they copy everything that happens in english and put it in Chinese. All the songs they put, they they put it there. And I've seen that, like, I have, like, fucking uh, 200,000, like, followers in there. And I'm, like, I was, I'm big in China, bro. Like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Um, wow. But it, it happens in Russia, too. They have their own, like, forums. It happens in India. All, all countries have these, like, sub-communities that are so strong. I feel like without having these sub-communities in, in Latin America, in Asia, in Europe, in, in all these countries, without them, I will never make it to, to a point that, you know, even if a lot of these countries haven't played yet, I'm just happy that there is communities that, you know, love what I do and respect what I do and people that, you know, like, it brings them together, you know, for example, mm-hmm. uh, if I have a few fans in, in, if I have fans in Germany and them are like, you know, sometimes someone comment on my post in German or something and someone comes like, oh, I'm German, I'm German too. And then they just like become friends and I've connected like my music connected to people. So it happened so many times. I've heard so many stories. I met my wife because of you. I met my best friend because of you. I connected with some old friends because of you, just simply because someone posted a song of mine and some someone that he knew like years ago saw it or two people from the same country like met because of it's the music you know i never be like i'm wales and i connect people my music connects people and i'm just happy to deliver that to the world uh i'm glad i'm able to do that to be honest this is my guess i i've never aiming to be like I never want to be like super famous. I never, I never want to be like super rich. Um, I simply just want to make people feel better. There's so much better in this world. And one thing that never disappointed me and never like made me feel terrible is music. 
Yeah. So I, agree. I, I just want to put this positive energy out there. Well, I mean, for instance, like your song every single time, when I traveled Europe with my mom, I had that on repeat pretty much every country we went to. And now I listen to that song and it brings back really good memories of this trip that I've had. And it's like channeling those emotions that you really can't like, you can't find anywhere else except for through songs that make you feel some type of way. So I, I definitely see the impact firsthand. I mean, internationally, especially. I'm, I'm glad you could enjoy it. You know, like I'm always, uh, uh, every time someone tells me, enjoy my song, it makes me happy. I never get it from, for granted, even if it's like a million times a day. It's mm -hmm. like every person is special. And even though there has been like, you know, like more than billion streams and there is so many people that are aware of my music, every person, like any one of these billion means something to me because like, it's not just a number. Behind every num play, every stream, every view, there is a person that a lot of them not not all of them but i i hope a lot of them did enjoy the song and to know that i made that many people feel good even for three minutes or five minutes or mm -hmm. if they checked my other songs maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes maybe they binged my spotify and i've made their <laughs> night knowing that knowing that makes me feel good makes me feel that it was worth it to fight for my own life and sometimes when I feel like, you know, when I feel bad and I feel worthless and I feel depressed and anxious, I tell myself, at least I mean something to this world. Mm -hmm. And even if I'm not enjoying myself at the moment, there mm -hmm. is people that need me to be here and need me to keep doing what I do because I, I need to be here for them, not just mm -hmm. for me. And I'm a person that I, I care about other people more than I care about myself. Uh, I got it from my mom. I got it from my family. My heart is like way too big. You know, I, I just, I never can just think about myself. I always think about like, how can I do good for other people? And um, when I was young, people used to use me a lot and just make me do stuff for them and, you know, just mm -hmm. really use me. And I was like, well, I can't let people use me anymore, but... I can keep making music and that's going to be my mm -hmm. gift. That's going to be my like big helper. And maybe some people are going to see this interview and be like, oh, dude, it's just music. Why are, why are you speaking like music? It's this legendary thing that helps everyone. It did help for me. It, it saved is. my mm -hmm. life. It, it saved, saved a my, lot of people. Yeah, it, it saved my life. So uh, even if some people cannot understand the value and the power of music and sound and emotions and what you can get through this and, you know, even like, the part of like even my my supporters my fans people that look up to me i i like i think i'm a better figure than a lot of like these uh uh public uh, figures like this mm -hmm. influencers i never have any negativity going on i love yeah. my fans i answer like 99 of my messages i help my fans i'm there for them i appreciate them i tell them i love them every week I, i'm thankful every time you know like I, i'm never like i i I feel they're my friends. They're my family. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. for these people to even feel less alone or get a better image of like, oh, you know, like Wales is a nice person. Maybe I'll be more mm -hmm. like Wales because I'm like, I'm this good kid. You know, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I'm a very lawful person. Like I'm, I'm always trying to be like a very, a, a good kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like so better today than you were the day before. Yeah. So I always want people to have this core and feel good about themselves and feel confident and uh, inspire people. Obviously, like, you know, I, I, I love telling my story, not because I love people like cheering me out, but because like when people hear my story, uh, it's natural for them to be like, hey, this kid made it from zero. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can too. That's what I want them to get from my story. That's why I'm thankful that I can also share my story and not just my music because I love voicing out about life, about my perspective of life. I think that there is a lot to learn for me, mm -hmm. but I think that my way of positivity and my way of motivation and my hard work and my ethics about life uh, could help and they do help some people. Mm -hmm. So maybe, you know, like uh, they all say, if, if you're not like, you can't fix the problem, so don't be a part of the problem, you know? Right. Maybe I'm not going to change the world, but 
knowing that I'm a pretty good kid. I mean, like I'm a good kid. I live a normal life. Some people just need some norm, some normal human beings around them. Like you know, all that you see on the internet, these Ferraris and these pranks, everything yeah, flashy is influencers. Everything is everything is scripty. Everything is fake. And I'm mm-hmm. sitting here and be like, hey guys, I'm just making music for 20 yeah. hours a day. And I'm like totally normal and I'm funny and you know, like I like memes and I'm not crazy. I'm just a normal <laughs> human being like you and you like my music. Mm-hmm. So stay normal. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, there is this insanity kind of race right now that like people, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously I'm not like normal. I'm pretty weird, but it's also like one of these things, like people need to know that there is place for them to be themselves uh and feel normal acceptness mm-hmm. i don't know like i'm just glad that i can spread positivity all over the place i'm just yeah. that's my goal i i always want to be i don't want to be this like fake smile person because you know when i feel bad i speak about it as well mm-hmm. but this is no why filter. i like it yeah this is why i like it because like my fans know i can feel bad they, they know i can feel better sometimes i make some music sometimes i don't sometimes i feel like doing something sometimes i don't uh, it's a very real, I just, I'm just real with them. Yeah. I'm not being like an alter ego. And I feel like maybe if I would have a, an alter ego and a personnel, I would market myself better because I don't know how many people will be interested in person like me. I mean, I'm surprised there is so many fans. But well, I you're feel relatable. Like, That's what's so appealing about you. I, I mean, I so. I one of so. the... I one of the things that I appreciate seeing in the scene is when artists are like, hey, my DMs are open if you ever need me. Like, feel free to reach out to me. I'm here for you. My music is here for you. Like, that's just something I respect a lot is when artists make themselves available for their fans. Yeah, well, like, again, like, I know it's it's called, like, it's very cliche to say, but these aren't these aren't fans, you know? Like, when you like someone's music, like, I, I'm going to say it by myself. When I was young and I liked someone's music, I didn't know them, but I felt like they're friends, you know, like my fans feel like they're my friends and they are when they see me they want to give me a hug. Let's go. (laughs) When they want to take a picture, I don't, I don't care if I, if I gotta like stay and I have a flight coming on and stuff like I'm never going to keep us, keep someone that, that expected us. I I mean, like there's limits, right. But if someone expected a picture with me and the hug and to say hi, uh, I'm not gonna leave them disappointed. Like uh, they mm-hmm. need to know, everyone that supports me need to know that they're a huge part of my life, just as I'm a part of their lives. You know, they're even a bigger part. Like I appreciate them more than if they appreciate me, because because of them I'm able to live my dreams. Because of them I'm able to support my family. Because of them I I can be the person I am. Because of them I can have fun every day. I I will never be able to walk a day job. I will not because I'm lazy. But because I'm, I'm disabled, you know, like I imagine me going and trying to apply for a job and I have the skill, but I'm like, yeah, no school, no army. And I have like autism and I have Tourette's and I have OCD and I have anxiety and I have depression. And I have that. You know, like, I go there and they're like, oh, yeah, you're I will never be accepted to anywhere, you know, and the music is like, I don't need anyone to tell me if I can do it or not. I just mm-hmm. did it. Yeah, I did and- it. And it's pretty great. I'm, uh, I'm, as you can see, I'm very excited still to this day. It's been years that I've been touring and, and playing music and stuff's been, stuff been year big for, big for years, but mm. I'm never going to like, you know, it's like everyone that know me knows that I'm going to be excited about this until the, the last day I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And that's such a humble note to hear from you. I mean, a lot of artists, they seem so big, especially international artists. They're like, untouchable sometimes so hearing that is something that we really yeah. appreciate too like looking at it from the outside looking at it from across the other side of the world um so i think that's a really humble note to lead into our next round of the interview we have a lightning round so yeah. we've got six questions for you we're just gonna kind of spit them at you answer them pretty quickly we're gonna get through them and right. yeah i'll let yesi take the lead on the first question yes so the first one is, who are your producer best friends? Oh, man. Um, it's going to be so hard to answer this question because, like... You don't want to offend know, anyone? I, I'm going to forget <laughs> some people, but, like, 
You know, honestly, I feel that the last couple of years, there's been a lot of these like label groups and squad. And like you said, a lot of these like untouchable groups. Mm-hmm. But like I just clicks. love hanging I-, I love hanging out with everyone. I love like, I don't love to limit myself to, I, I only got to be with these people and these people. Um, I definitely can ma- mention like my boy's Time Ghost, uh, Borgor, Heritage, uh, Jewel, Benda, Sultan, and like, honestly, I forgot so many people, but they know who they are. Like mm-hmm. my friends know mm-hmm. who they are. There is lovely people in this industry that I'm thankful for. And um, yeah, like shout out to everyone. Like actually like <laughs> anyone that's that's like doing what I do. I love you guys. I know it's not easy, but I love you. Hell yeah. What yeah. is your top dream travel destination? Okay, I, I, know, I know this one. So I kind of played everywhere I wanted only because like I never had big expectations so I'm like you know I'm already like million percent more than I expected but there's this one place I want to play um Australia I was supposed to play in Australia for so many times and every time something else happened and uh, I really just want to play in Australia because from what I've seen it's such a free country and everyone is so funny and I love, yeah. I love being funny. I love like good jokes and yes. I love great food and they have <laughs> great food. And like, I don't know, I feel like I, my personality could uh, kind of be okay, like connect with Australian people. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I could have a lot of fun there. Oh yeah. Maybe not, maybe not drink alcohol because I don't drink, but I think like, like just be with people that are like super happy and hyped. I like when people are very having a good time i can have a good time i don't need to like drink something i can just connect with it naturally and and have a and have a good time we really want to go to a hard style festival in australia that would be sick be so much fun that's like the goals but i know that chrissy and i are always making jokes on like puns that they normally say in australia Mm -hmm. but they're very inappropriate here in america at least or people get offended really easily out here so gotta be a little more careful with that they throw around the cuss words <laughs> all right next question so what is the best show or festival that you've ever played or like the most memorable oh man i feel like every show makes me feel great because sure even the show is not going as planned even the show is bigger than i expected at the end of the day people wherever like 50 people, 1,000 people, 5,000 people, no matter where it is, people buy a ticket to see me. And I flew from, I did all this sacrifice of not seeing my family, not seeing my girlfriend, all this stuff. And, you know, touring with my illness, I have chronic pain. To tour for someone like me, I suffer constantly. I'm just in pain like 24-7 when I'm touring. It's, it's bad. It's bad for me. It's totally bad for me. But uh, I've made all this sacrifice. So every show I make, I'm like 200% about it. You know, I don't care if it's like mm-hmm. how many people are there. I'm going to have a good ass time because, you know, first of all, the people. I, I flew from one side of the world to another side of the world. People came there to see me. It's not even about paying for the ticket as much as it's like they dressed up, got their friends drove and came to a venue to see me the israeli tell play a show so i i always got to give them 100 percent. and when i give 100 percent for myself at a show and i give a great show it's my favorite show because they know that no matter what happened i did my best mm-hmm. amen what is your favorite subgenre to produce if there is one anything melodic uh melodies can make me feel stop that nothing else can mm-hmm. i can get goosebumps i can just like cry you know melody mm-hmm. stuff is and it, it, it can be melody dubstep it can be like anything but anything with melodies i don't know why but these notes are just making me feel fly <laughs> same yeah. i'm always blasting your your track the last time with excision always favorite, yeah. i no, love there, that track so many, there's so many great ones in the album uh like that gonna be amazing i'll you both like probably gonna love the album i think it's gonna be i'm so excited i'm I'm very excited trust me i'm like i've been working on that 
so it, it's not gonna be just like uh, we'll get there maybe but the album is not gonna be normal it's gonna mm. be visually and musically my best yet uh, in my opinion it's gonna be a, a big boom Ooh, i'm excited yes looking forward to it everybody stay locked it drops in a couple days after this airs so brace yourselves exactly all right two more questions so what was the last show you played before COVID hit um i played a show in baltimore uh it was my first time in baltimore in maryland in the 7th march 2020 so it's like a year ago it was like the quarantine, uh, the lockdown in California started in like the 17th. So it was like almost like touching it. But even when we flew, I was like, everyone was wearing masks and stuff was very like, you know, I had a feeling that it, it's going to, I knew it's going to be the last show for a while. But yeah, it was, it was the, the 7 March was like the last show. But I knew I knew the tour is gonna stop. Uh, even like way before COVID even hit the US, I was like one of the first people to go and buy masks, mm-hmm. just because like I knew that just in case, even if it's not gonna be a big deal, I knew that mask will be like very not available. And uh, it was true. Like a, a few weeks after I bought like two hundred masks, like this big pack, mm-hmm. they were sold out everywhere, and a lot yeah. of people were like selling them and trading them so i was lucky i was lucky to like buy a a, a, like a pack did you get toilet paper (laughs) did you get toilet paper (laughs) i'm a i'm a baby wipe kind of a kind of guy yeah nice and soft (laughs) even those were not available at least out here in denver i was like Mm -hmm. no no toilet paper so baby wipes there was literally nothing Nothing. oh yeah like i I am uh i stocked up like when it started out i just like bought a good portion of them and it less than the, the the gods like i wish we had that in israel though that's like I, there is a few things i miss about living in the u.s and costco is like one of them mm-hmm. but i love costco at, at least i lost i lost a couple of uh pounds not living in the u.s which i'm pretty glad yeah no in and out in israel oh no, no mcdonald's <laughs> no I, I don't know there, there is mcdonald's but I i'm know, like yeah. <laughs> so the thing is i never eat outside even in the u.s i would cook my own meals i i'm i'm like i i love cooking a lot that's like my passion but the problem with america is that everything was so cheap you know like israel is a very expensive country so you know if I, I would not eat like red meat, the steak every day, I would eat rice and chicken and like kind of keep it less expensive because, you know, normal days, I don't got to eat like a king, but in the US, it's so cheap. I could mm-hmm. eat like a king every day. And you know what happens when you eat like a king every day? Even if you make your own meals, even if it's healthy and it was pretty healthy, you still going to gain weight because mm-hmm. that's how life works. But when I got back to Israel, it's kind of like, Oh man, everything is so expensive. I am gonna stop these habits. Yeah. yeah. I'm still trying to to lose more weight. I'm like today I started the salad diet, which yeah, wish me luck. You got it. <laughs> okay, last question for you. If you could headline any festival on the planet, Lost Lost what Lands. would it be? Yeah. Lost, Lost Lands? Lands? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Easy. 100%. Good choice. Uh, period. Uh, and then EDC, but Lost Lands, it's like, uh, have you been to Lost Lands? I have, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 haven't. I, I haven't been to Lost Lands, but like, I remember in 2017, I think like the first Lost Lands, mm-hmm. I have watched the, the live stream and then the like official after movie. And I was like, it was before I even had my US visa. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, and I, I just, I, I like, I got my mom to the room. I was like, mom this is what heaven looks like you know like just look at this this is where you want to be and uh, we'll see maybe maybe this festival we've talked about is like we'll see maybe maybe i'll see you there i don't know yeah maybe i have we'll a really good feeling about it this year i've just been envisioning it in my head and manifesting that it's going to happen perfectly yes we're manifesting it Amen. we have a good feeling yeah. it is going to happen and mm-hmm. I, I, I think hope, yeah i hope even if i'm not gonna play i hope to go this yeah. year uh just because like 
I want to feel dubstep at its peak and nothing is more dubstep than Lost Lands. I just want to experience that. Yes. Whole thing, you know, I just want to be there. Even if I play, mm-hmm. even if I'm not, I'm, I'm not like, even if I don't, don't, don't play this year, so next year, you know, like I always, de- I always have this like, ah, uh, no, no Lost Lands this year, next year, mm-hmm. next year. Well, and with with the way that the vaccine rollout's going in Israel, I think that you're probably going to be one of the first countries that we let back in. Oh, we were. Uh, I no, I can enter the U.S. already. Oh well, there there you go. Yeah. Yeah, like no, Israel is totally good. We're like 100 good. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the country's vaccinated. I got it, no problems. Yeah. Uh, my family's got it. My girlfriend's family's got it. Like everyone's completely good. So. Um, now it's time for the U.S. to get better. And it seems mm-hmm. like the U.S. is getting better. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, hopefully soon I can come back and play some more shows. Yeah, the future is starting to look bright. And I think that more and more states should start opening once people start getting more vaccinated because mm-hmm. it should be a personal choice. Like, hey, if you don't feel safe, then don't go out. Mm-hmm. But we should open up businesses. We should let everything just get back to normal. Obviously, maybe not so quickly, but slowly roll out yeah, everything. I, I, and... I think that, like, I think that, like, honestly, I would love to come back to the states and play shows, but I never wanted to be on like, I never want someone to die for me to be able to do that. I, if it's gotta take another healthy year or a year, it's okay. But I'm just, I'm, I hope that it's gonna take less than that. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's gonna come back sometimes. Maybe not the same as it's been. Maybe it's gonna be very different. Maybe we're gonna wear masks. Maybe there's gonna be testing all around and whatever, but it's gonna come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing I've learned in uh, this last year is to be patient. Very, very patient. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's gonna, it's gonna, how you say it? Um, I think it's going to pay off. I think the patience is going to pay off because when stuff comes back and when everything is back to normal, I have a very good feeling about music and the scene. I think we're going to see a lot of new artists, big artists, uh, pushing new artists and a lot of new genres and just everything's going to be fresh. You know, when you buy something, like when you you get into a new car and it smells like a new car, you know what I mean? Mm That new car smell. I think uh, the next phase of electronic music and shows, I hope is going to be the same way. I don't want to see like the same lineups and same music being played as before. I I don't want to play even one song that I've been playing before COVID. I want to be like all new, all brand new. And uh, yeah, like I've made my move. This album is going to be for sure. It's going to be my leg in into the next phase. And I'm excited to tour with it and with the, the other like million songs they made during COVID. <laughs> yes, we can't wait to see you on the road. We hope you come to Denver soon. Oh, like as soon as they can, I'm going to come to Denver. This is one of my favorite places. Uh, yes. We'll take you hiking. Huh? We'll take you hiking, show you all the glacier I, lakes. I, I wish. I wish. I, I told you like me when I'm like, you know, in, in a city, even though I've been to Denver twice and I've been to, I played in Colorado Springs. I played in Grand Junction, but even though I've been to these places, every time I come to like Denver, I'm like, I want to see stuff. I want to go around. Uh, I'm very, I'm always very excited about stuff. And after being a year, like this is the most I've ever went without playing shows, like 10 months, I think, like since my first show internationally, this is the most I've ever had without playing shows. So I think I'm going to be very, very excited to get on a plane next time I want to play. Might as well. Yeah, I think I'm going to be very, very excited to be in Denver. <laughs> yes. Well, that concludes the lightning round and uh, the podcast. It was great to have you on the show. Are there Thank any so final, yeah, are there any final words that you'd like to say to our audiences who are listening right now? Um, I love you all. Thank you for, I mean, you spend uh, an hour and a half from your life probably just listening to this uh and i hope you gained something great or maybe just had fun or like you know like had a good time just had a good one hour and a half and uh thank you so much christina and uh, christina and how you pronounce the name yesenia yesenia what's your origin like where are you from that's a special name so apparently it's russian but i'm mexican 
my family oh, cool. okay. my family comes from I, mexico i'm uh i'm ukrainian and german but i can speak russian fluent so Ooh, that's what that's, that's why I, that's why i was like the name that reminds me but thank you so much Asenia, and thank you christina uh dubstep fbi make sure to subscribe <laughs> and uh for more episodes and yeah like uh if anyone is looking for me i'm wells of them in all social medias i have my album coming out in a label that you all know like everyone that see this is probably gonna see the the mm-hmm. album announcements and so you know it's gonna be pretty pretty big pretty big we got a good year ahead i'm i'm very hopeful yes but, i agree yeah, be safe be good people and thank you so much to everyone <laughs>